0: All right, Book of Job tonight, Book of Job. I remember when I first got saved. I didn't grow up with a Bible. Never had a Bible as a child. I was in my 20s before I ever got my first Bible. And uh, I remember when I got a Bible, I, I got saved and my mother-in-law gave me a little portion of New Testament and they had got saved just shortly before that. And my wife and I, we, uh, we were separated, as a matter of fact. And she had gone back to Illinois and I was in Muskogee, Oklahoma. And She'd made a profession, was going to get baptized. I went to watch her get baptized. And in that service, God got a hold of my heart and I got saved. And uh, I, uh, God began to work on her heart about putting our home back together again. And my mother-in-law gave me a little New Testament. Then, that father, following Father's Day, my wife gave me the greatest tool any man could ever have to fix any problem in his home. She gave me my first whole Bible. And uh, man, I love the book. But I remember when he first said, Turn to the book of Job, my Bible didn't have a job, it had a job. J-O-B has always been job to me. And uh, I was saying that one time, and a guy come up afterwards, he said, don't feel bad. He said, my first message, I went down to preach at the jail, and he said, I preach from the book of Concordance. And uh, I I chuckled like you did. He said, yeah, three men got saved. I said, give me that outline. Man, I'll preach from the book of concordance. Amen. Book of Job, chapter number 23, beginning in verse number 1. If you're able to stand with us tonight as we read the scriptures, if you do so, opportunity to stretch a little bit here. And if you're not able to stand, that's fine. You can remain seated. No one will think any different. Job chapter 23, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, then Job answered and said, even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, again, we thank you for the privilege we have to be in this place tonight. Dear God, we mean that from the depth of our soul. What an honor to be gathered in your house with your people. God, we thank you for this ministry. We thank you for the man of God that you sent this way and his dear wife. And God, I pray continue to bless them and help them as they labor together. And God, I pray, this being their anniversary, I pray you gave them a good day. And, and uh, I just, just pray, continue to put their hand on their home, on their ministry, on their lives. And God, tonight, help us to be a help. Help us to be a help to him as a pastor, his dear wife. Help us to be a help to the church folk. And God, help us not to say anything that would be a hindrance or cause any problems. Help us to be an encouragement and a help. So God, we yield to you the best we know how tonight. And we want you to know you're more than welcome in this place. I love coming to your house. God, I sure like it best when you're home. Would you meet with us tonight in a special way? We'll give you the praise for what you do, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. can be seated. You're familiar, of course, with the book of Job, and for whatever reason, the Lord allowed Satan to have at Job. Matter of fact, he invited him to do so. He'd ask him, have you considered my servant Job? And... He told him, he's told Satan, all that he hath is in thy power. And Job is facing some dark days in his life. His wealth is suddenly wiped out. His children are tragically killed, all ten of them. At one time, I, I can't imagine, God's blessed us with six children. I can't imagine... Losing even, even one, and many of you have, and I, I can't imagine that. I can't, I can't even pretend to know what you went through. I can't pretend to know how you feel. And to be honest with you, my prayer is I never do get to understand exactly what you faced and what you went through. But all of his children, I can't imagine if, if tonight I got a phone call and it said your six children are in a van and they were coming to Hammond and to hear you preach and there was an accident and all six children are gone. I just couldn't imagine, and Job has faced that. Then the sickness that has come his way, the painful sickness as he's scraping boils upon his body. And, and, and yet the most difficult battle that Job is facing is found in chapter 23. He goes and tries to find himself in the presence of God. And it's, it's, it's like that God is not listening to his prayer. He said, Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat verse number eight he said behold i go forward but he is not there and backward but i cannot perceive him on the left hand where he doth work but i cannot behold him he hideth himself on the right hand that i cannot see him job is saying in the midst of all my battles and my problems it's like i can't see god in this have you ever been there in your life i mean you come to church and it may be that someone stands up one of the testimonies tonight was thankful that the cancer Is in remission and we do praise God for that and oftentimes people will say I've been to the doctor and boy the cancer is gone and God has healed me and and we all say amen and God's on the throne it's a wonderful thing then your wife has cancer and you go to the doctor and you get the news that it's worse and you're praying just as hard as others are praying and you're loving God just as much as others are loving God And we make the statement, you know, somebody will say, you know, uh, boy, the sickness is gone. Praise God. God's on the throne. Could I tell you, God's still on the throne if the sickness isn't gone. We make the statement often, boy, I got a job. God's on the throne. Boy, the sickness is gone. God's on the throne. He's on the throne if you're unemployed and he's on the throne. If the sickness gets worse, he's still on the throne. But sometimes in our Christian life, and you can find that in the book of Psalms. I love the book of Psalms because they're just so honest and open before God. I think one of the greatest things I learned in my prayer life is that I can be honest with God. He knows anyway. I mean, if I'm confused, I can say, God, I'm confused. I don't understand and say, God, I don't understand. And then you find in the Psalms that there, there are Psalms 10, he said, Why hidest thyself? Why standest thou far off in time of trouble? And he's basically saying, When the tough times come, God, where are you? Why do, why do you stand far away when the tough times come? And sometimes in the storm we can't see God moving and we wonder, does God even know where we're at? And then another psalm, he said, Behold, if I make my bed in hell, thou art there next to me. You're so good. And yet when troubles come, it's God, where are you? We're we're, we're emotional people. And there are times when, you know, we we pray for things. There's been times in my life. My wife had two brothers that were needing liver transplants and her parents are godly people. I got to pastor them. Uh, pastor of them maybe, but pastor of them for about 12 years. And, and, and my father-in-law, I, I walk in the house, he still calls me preacher and, and uh, he still calls me I mean pastor and, and, and very godly man and a godly lady. And, and uh, they had two sons and a daughter and I married the daughter and, and, and both sons in desperate need of liver transplants. they come and they pray and others would get answers, but they didn't seem to get any. We had a godly couple in the church, and the wife had gotten cancer. Man, we'd come, and we'd pray, and they would pray. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about a godly couple, walked with God. We watched this cancer little by little, and others would come, the cancer is gone, and, 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 and survive. And uh, they would pray, and things just got worse and worse and worse and, until we ended up burying her. And oftentimes in life, it's, you know, I want to speak on the subject for about the next four hours did somebody say amen out there you'd be the first one to say oh me three and a half hours from now i'm not saying i can be long-winded you know sometimes my people would just go pharaoh let my people go you know but when god doesn't seem to hear or when life doesn't seem to make sense I remember oftentimes even going to preacher's meetings and I'd go and I'm starting a church and struggling and I get to the preacher meeting and look to be encouraged and one preacher would get up and say boy the church just bought me a new car and another would get up and this and that and I'm wondering if I'm going to have gas to get home and, and I'm thinking does God know where I'm at? I mean I know he loves me he told me that I know he saved me and I belong to him. But some will pray and can't have children. They love God and they pray to the same God others pray to, and one will give testimony Boy, we prayed, and God's blessed us with a child. And they go, and there's no children to be born. Well, life doesn't seem to make sense. but in fact, Job is facing some battles to the point that he said, My complaint is bitter. He said, I'm struggling with bitterness. I don't want to get bitter, but this just doesn't make sense. Job was a man doing his best to live for God. And he said, my stroke is heavier than my groaning. What he's saying is what I'm telling you, it's a lot worse on the inside than what I'm letting you know on the outside. My wife and I, our youngest son, Noah, March 16th of last year, I was in Duncan, Oklahoma, preaching, and got the phone call. He was 29 years of age at the time. Got the phone call. He got a stroke. He had a stroke. Affected the left side of his body, and he couldn't move his left arm, he dragged his leg, and affected his speech. Had a walker he'd carry around with. I'm getting ready to pack up and go back home and cut the meeting short, and I get a phone call from Noah. He's in the hospital. He says, Dad, do not come home. Do not come home, Dad, you stay there and you preach." I said, Son, you're my son, I'm coming home. No, Dad, do not come home. You stay there and you preach. He more or less went on to say that the damage is done. He's in the hospital, they're running tests. At least wait to see what the tests turn out, but stay there and preach. A month later, I'm in Stratford, Missouri, preaching, March or April the 17th, and one day and one month later, and I get a phone call, and it's his phone. I pick it up. When I pick it up, I can hear the sirens going off in the background. The man begins to tell me he's one of the EMT workers, and he said, I've got your son here in the ambulance. He's unresponsive. He's had another stroke. We're, we're meeting at the uh, school and helicopters coming, they're life and him to Peoria. We, of course, packed up and went back and, and, uh, and, and such. And we watched as he would struggle with things in a speech. He's taking therapy. And he was in with the therapist at one time. The therapist said, you know, you sure handle all of this well. And he said, well, it makes a difference when you know the Lord. And handed her a track. She said, uh, you're not the pastor of this church, are you? Because I don't mean this wrong. It would take you three hours to preach a message. He said no my dad is the pastor but you might still be there for three hours and we watched and the grace of god that moved in and i'm telling you he handled it far better than i would have handled it or could have handled it seeing but Everything on the outside, boy, well, just just look. But I'm I'm, I'm prom- I promise you, the battle he had on the inside as a 29 year old man, married with three little girls, was a lot greater than what was shown on the outside. And a lot of times, the battles we face, Job said, "My stroke is heavier than my complaint." There's a bigger battle going on on the inside than what I'm letting you know on the outside. And so I'm trying to struggle with this thing. It's like God doesn't seem to answer my prayers. When all this doesn't happen, I'll just give you three things. When you're facing this within your life, I went to hear a message shortly after some things and a man got up and preached a message on when the heavens become a brass and talks about when God didn't answer your prayer. And I'm thinking, "Boy, this is what we need right here. and, and and he said, if you if he's not, you're not praying in faith. And he talked about that. And I thought, if faith is dependence on God, that we're definitely praying in faith. Because we've got nowhere else to go but God. He said it, it could be unconfessed sin. And you know, I do my best to to keep short accounts with God. I, you know, I, I, somebody said one time, it was just a little thing between me and God. If it's between you and God, it's not a little thing. And, and I do my best. And I said, so it, no, that, that that's not it. And he said, if that's not it, there's some unforgiveness. And as far as I know, we try to keep everything right in that realm. He said, if that's not it, there's some marital, maybe your marital relationships. You know, if you don't treat your wife in the right way, your prayers could be hindered. And, and, uh, and, and, and uh, my wife and I, I'm telling you, Man, she's the greatest thing apart from salvation ever happened to me. And this coming this coming fit, this coming, coming January, we'll be married 45 years one to another. I mean, I'll be married to her 45 years. She'll be married to me 45 years. That's 90 years we'll be married altogether. She thinks it's longer. He said it could be not praying according to God's will. You're praying amiss. And, or maybe you're not tithing. You're cursed. And, he said, it's none of these things, the problem is you're just not saved. If God's not here and it's not God's fault, it's your fault. And man, I left that place with a heavy heart. My reading was in Job the next day and I thought, well, Job is, Job is there. And you go to Job 1.8 and God says, there's none like him in, 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 in all the earth. He's a perfect, upright man. One that fears God is true with evil. And yet, yet Job is there. Job makes a statement, verse 11, My foot hath held his steps, his way have I kept, and not declined, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job said, The Bible means more to me than eating food. I have esteemed this more important than breakfast and more important than lunch. And more, I mean, Job was walking with God, and yet he's facing times when things don't make sense in his life. Let me give you some things tonight. Number one. When we face things like that, it's an opportunity to display our love for God. You say, What do you mean, Brother Gibson? And maybe God wanted Satan to see someone who loves him. Amen. Have you consulted my servant Job? And Satan said, It's no wonder he blesses you. You've got a hedge about him. Look how you bless him. But you take down the hedge, he'll curse you to his face. Wonder where the devil learned that. everything's good. He's a good God. Things go bad. Maybe, maybe God wanted the devil to know he does have some people that love him, not just because what he does for us. We love him because of who he is. It's not just about his provision. It's about his presence. We love him. Maybe some people will say, hey, yes, yeah, I love him on the mountaintop, but I still love him in the valley. I love him at the church house, but I still love him at the funeral home. I love him when I've got health, but I still love him when I'm sick. It's not about what he does for me. It's a fact he's my God, and I love him with everything I've got. I think the enemy needs to see God has some people that just love him, not just for what he does for us. We love him because of who he is. It's easy to come back and say the cancer's gone. I love God, but say the cancer's worse. But God, I still love you. To come back and God said He's He's not He's not turned, even though you had me take my hand off of Him, and He said skin for skin. Let me have at his health. God said, he's in thine hand, but save his life. Smote him with sore boils from the sole of his foot to his crown. Job said in Job 13, 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Job didn't say, even if I die, I'm going to keep, no, no. Though he slay me, if God himself were to kill me, I'm still going to trust him. I love him because he's my God. It's not just what he does for me. It's who he is. It's an opportunity to display our love for God. It's easy to love him on a mountaintop, isn't it? But I think God wants the enemy to see he's got some people that still love him in the valley. You love him if you forgive give your children you still love him if he won't but i say secondly it's an opportunity to discover god's grace for us second corinthians 12 you know the account as the apostle paul the message of satan would buffet him and he said for this thing i've assault the lord thrice that it might depart from me Three times he went, said, God, please take this away. God, please take this away. God, please take this away. It's like God wouldn't do it. But his response was, my grace is sufficient for thee. If God answered every prayer the way I wanted him to, I would never need grace. but grace is needed when things don't make sense. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, Job 42 verse 5, before he got everything back, he said, "'Behold, I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, "'but now mine eye seeth thee.'" Job was saying, I've heard what you did for others. I've heard how you held up others. I've heard the grace you gave others but now I see it for me, you become my helper, you become my strength. You become the one I could lean on. You gave me the grace to come through. I've heard all the stories what you've done for others, but now I've seen it with my own eyes. You've done that for me. An opportunity to discover God's grace for us. Can I say, thirdly, it's an opportunity to develop our compassion for others. He said in Job 23, 16, for God maketh my heart soft. If God answered every one of my prayers the way I wanted him to, I'd be pretty haughty, proud. What's wrong with you? But there's times God may pick me out and say, I want the devil to see that he doesn't just love me because of what I give him and do for him. He loves me because of who. Revival is just, "Will thou not revive us again, that thy people might rejoice in thee. Not in what he does for us, but just in him and who he is. But when God doesn't answer the way I need when I wrestle with things on the inside when things don't make sense and I don't want to get bitter, he's God I don't want to get bitter against God, it doesn't make sense to me but it's like I can't find him, it's like he's answering for others, does he even know where I'm at but dear God it doesn't make sense and I can't see you in it but I want you to know I still love you and if you won't fix this would you do this Would you give me grace to go through it? Sometimes he calms the storm. Sometimes he steadies the boat and develop compassion for others. I realize this preacher, there's times I hurt. There's others hurting. There's others that can't figure out. There's others that go to the hospital, the doctor and the news gets worse there's others that love God and pray. When others give testimony, you know, you give testimony, boy, I had a need, open the mailbox today, there was a check for $500, met my need right to the penny. Woo, God's on the throne. So you go to the mailbox tomorrow, you open it up, you just got another bill. But could I say this? God's still on the throne. It's easy to pick up that $500, oh, I love him, woo But to get another bill... I know it's all going to work out in the end. God, I want you to know whether it comes in or not. Matter of fact, my prayer life has changed that way. God, I'm asking, touch this individual, raise him up, heal this individual. And I want to pray because I, I don't want it to be, I, want, I don't want it that it didn't happen because we didn't ask. But dear God, if you choose not to do this, I'm still going to love you. still going to serve you. Nothing has changed. I just lean on your grace, and you'll de- develop compassion. You know there are hurting people around you, and I think in today's world, I think they need to see somebody with compassion. Preacher, it's not making sense in my life. It may be that God thought enough of you to choose you, to show that he's got people that love him, not just when things go good. We just love him.